Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, did you miss me? Because I'm back, baby. We got some feedback to talk about. All that in order to that we have no control over. People keep asking me if I'm back. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. <laughs> Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff Randall, uh, a.k.a. John Wick of the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. Yeah, Jeff Jeff Wickle. <laughs> nope, that didn't play as good that, as I thought it might. That sounds like you taste like a spicy pickle. <laughs> I am. <laughs> That's exactly what I am. Spicy pickle. It has been too many episodes uh, that Jeff has not been on, and we finally, like... Uh, set ourselves a weekly time, and we know we always do that during the shows that when they're on. But uh, uh, you know, we we haven't done it when the shows aren't on. We generally we kind of keep this laissez-faire attitude, but we're like, nope. From now on, the plan is Wednesday at seven thirty. So uh, if you guys are out there and you want to join us on the Twitch, we're gonna try to be streaming every Wednesday at seven thirty, um, which will be convenient for uh, Secret Invasion coming out, but also all the other weeks. To talk yep. about the MCU, so uh, I'm excited about that, Jeff. That that 7:30 Central, because uh, yes. I I'm in Pacific time now. Yep, 7:30 Central, 8:30 Eastern, whatever you know. You guys know how time zones work. Because <laughs> I sure don't. <laughs> <laughs> how you been? How you been, man? Man, I have been so freaking busy. It is absurd how mm. busy I am now. Um, I thought that with the the new job that I got and working from home a lot that like, you know, I could do pretty much anything I felt like at any time, right? Like I could set yeah. my hours and, and yeah. just yeah, yeah, yeah. And do whatever. But like I've got so much freaking going on. And there's always like there's always been time that I could have set aside for MCU cast, but because neither of us is very good at like initiating that conversation of like, oh, hey, mm-hmm. when are we recording? I just kind of forgot. <laughs> yeah, you you fall into a pattern, and I and I do the same thing, man. We when we, especially this drought of content, um, but in this drought of content, we kind of let ourselves fall to where like me and you just haven't been on that many episodes together, and yeah. I just miss I miss these days of us just chatting. So yeah, um, you had a uh, you've got a standing thing with Ashley for yeah uh, for Mondays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been forever, and that's why it ended up just kind of being her on more episodes, a ton more episodes, and um, us not getting to have you on as much. And so, uh, yeah. So if if you're excited, let us know. Uh, hit hit us, give us some five star reviews, or go join the Patreon. Me and Jeff have been doing Patreon episodes. Uh, that's what we have been doing. So, um, oh, yeah. Go join the Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/MCUcast, and uh, keep help us uh, keep this thing rolling. This old this old rickety boat. Yeah, man. We did those commentary episodes. That was so weird. Mm-hmm. Felt, it felt was, it so was weird. weird. It it was weird. We're we're gonna do another one soon. Something something else soon. We were talking off cast about doing an episode where we eat edibles and talk about the MCU, but that's probably a really bad idea. I don't know what <laughs> how that'll work. No, I think we were just gonna do the Patreon hangout that way. You know, okay. really that make works. it interesting. That could be good. <laughs> okay. Well, you want to dive into some feedback and just like see what happens? Yeah, let man. The, let's let just see what happens. Feedback flow through us. First up, we have Niche, a patron. It says, feedback slash theory. I know a lot of people theorize that Quantum King is not dead, and I agree that it looks like he shrank versus dying. 
Where do you end up when you keep shrinking even smaller than the quantum realm? Maybe at the end of time? Could this be where he finds Eliath and figures out how to harness that power? And is Quantum Kang actually a much younger version of He Who Remains? The Council of Kangs banished Quantum Kang to the Quantum Realm because they knew how dangerous he was. So my theory is that when Scott shrinks Quantum Kang at the end of Quantum Mania, he unknowingly sends Kang to discover the exact power he needed to unseat the Council of Kangs and create the TVA. This is foreshadowed both in the last episode of Loki and at the end of Quantum Mania during Scott's freakout. But let me know what you think and if you think Marvel is going to ca- uh, change course with the Jonathan Major stuff in the news. As always, love you 3000, Niche. Mm, I like this theory. That's a good one. I don't know how it... Uh, it's, like, it's that thing we've talked about a lot where... <laughs> he, the, the end of time stuff is outside of our timeline. So it's hard to say this happens and then sends him there because he's already... <laughs> by this time, the timeline has already been freed you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So may- maybe, maybe this is part of the cycle. Um, and, uh, but it works. It works really well. Um, and I think they're going to, pr- you know, depending on how things shake out, it definitely looks like they're going to have to change the, um, gears somehow. Yeah. Have, do we have any, uh, any updates on that litigation or the, the possible litigation? Um, no, nothing official. There's a lot of updates. We've been talking about it almost every week over on Multiverse News. There's a lot of little things, and I don't want to... Oh, so I should should check out Multiverse News if I want (laughs) to update it on the the news of the multiverse? I'm sorry, I'm not repeating myself here. I've already explained this on Multiverse News (laughs) when other people were writing it for me, so I knew it was going on. Sure, sure. No, that's really, honestly, like, it's it's all been so... There's so much that it's hard to even... Um, there's definitely like some things that don't look good, like Jonathan Major's um, publicity team, PR team quit, like they they fired him or whatever as a client, um, which seems like the thing you do if it's not looking like it's going the good way. Um, sure. And so I think like his management team maybe too, something like that. Like there's been a lot of shakeups in that. Um, there's been a lot of people talking about uh, you know how they would what they would change. The Quantumania director, who was originally, uh, I'm sorry, the writer of Quantumania, who was originally uh, helming uh, Kang Dynasty as well, uh, he's been fired or, or, or left the project. So that could be a writer strike thing. It could be all kinds of things, but it might be because they're changing gears and they're not doing the same thing with Kang Dynasty anymore. So we really don't know a lot. Was it Jeff Loveness? Yes, that's it. Mm. Yeah, so Jeff Loveness left Kang Dynasty, um, and I don't think they have a new writer yet for that. There's a lot of these movies. We were talking about it on, again, talking about it on Multiverse News, but like, actually, we may have been talking about it here on Tuesday, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jay Sisson came on to, t- t- to talk to so much news this week for Marvel. He came on, we talked about news. It's two years away. We're two years from Kang Dynasty, 2025, and it's going to be the big like summer release of that year. So if they don't have a writer right now, it seems like we might be in trouble for keeping the schedule. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it, it worries me with the writer's strike because you know, everything else so far has gotten pushed back. Or uh, I say everything else. Like 
a lot of the other uh, announced projects have gotten pushed back. Like, you know, Blade got pushed back again. Um, mm-hmm. The what production stopped on Daredevil uh, because of yep. all of this. Like Thunderbolts uh, just stopped. Um, yeah, Deadpool three started up, but they're having some weird issues where like uh, Ryan Reynolds is not allowed to ad lib because there he's that's considered writing. So because of the writer's strike, they're not allowing Ryan Reynolds to ad lib on, on set. Or like if he does, it's considered, you know, strike whatever, uh that's, scabbing. That's so bonkers. <laughs> yeah. It, it it's it's strange. <laughs> but um yeah, so the, the, there's definitely a lot of shaking up going on. And the writer's strike's gonna be a whole nother reason for that. It's like we've got three major things. You've got the Jonathan Major stuff, which is like a major character that they they'd pinned so many hopes on. You've got the writer's strike, which is just making everything change around. And you've got the fact that Phase 4 wasn't as well received because of tons of reasons. Um, some of the stuff was considered lower quality. You also were coming off of Endgame, the, the, the high expectations of everything. Yeah. Um, then you've got this like sort of diversity of properties so all these reasons phase four wasn't well received so they're trying to retool anyway before all these problems even hit so it's like yeah i just don't think that the plan is going to stay the plan at this point it's like it's hard to imagine that we're going to get the, all those movies that they put on dates last yeah. year i don't think we're going to get all those almost any of them on their original dates they were planned you know oh uh, yeah i i uh, I'm, I'm seeing another el capitan uh, fallout moment, you know, like the El Capitan Theater where yeah. they announced all these things and then, you know, so many of those plans didn't come to fruition or got shifted well, in weird ways. Yeah, that's not that that's the thing, though. That's what made the El Capitan Theater so great is most of those plans stayed. Like, a couple dates changed, Inhumans became a TV show, but, like, the the main thrust of what they were doing with phases one through three all happened you know what i mean like those movies civil war happened infinity war happened like they they can they may have shifted around a little bit but for the most part it stayed the plan and this just feels like complete retooling which is um not only uh probably could could mean a reduction in quality but it also means like for our experience as fans who are following along it feels haphazard it feels like there's nobody steering you know, <laughs> come on, Feige, put your hand back on the wheel. Yeah, Feige, take the wheel. Feige, take the wheel. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Rachel Christine, another patron, says, Random feedback. Hi, pandas. I'm rewatching the I Am Groot shorts in the episode Magnum Opus, and uh, Groot draws the family portrait of all the guardians and draws himself big. In the portrait, he looks like he's hugging all of them. And I take this as the scene of him in Guardians 1 protecting all of the Guardians and then, you know, quote-unquote dying. Uh, Could this mean he remembers being OG Groot, or am I just reading too much into things? Either way, I love Groot and Rocket's very much dad and son relationship, and everything about Guardians Volume 3. Also, do you think this bolder-looking Groot is going to be called King Groot? Anyways, thanks for all the amazing podcasts, your true believer, Rachel Christine. Hmm. Thanks, Rachel. Uh, and thanks for being a patron. I so I like the I would, idea of him remembering yeah. being Big Groot and like sacrificing himself. But then, if that's the case, 
then him sacrificing himself wasn't actually a sacrifice. He just knew that he would come back as, you know, have to regrow, basically. Well, it's one of those things of, like, we know that he has been stated that he's a different different Groot yeah. by, by uh, James Gunn. So he's a different Groot. He's the, basically the son of Groot, not Groot. Now, that doesn't mean there can't be um, some memory of from a past life. You know, it could be that, like, Groots hold memories in their, you know, whatever, in their cells, and some memories get passed down to their offspring or something. Sure, um, sure. But that, that that gets a little dicey. I think it's it's more likely that like Groot thinks of himself as big, or like Groot knows he's going to be big one day, and like that it's like his maybe he's drawing his future self. You know, <laughs> he's like when I grow up, I'm gonna give everybody a hug. Yeah. Or there's also the possibility that like they told him the story of his father. You know. Oh sure. Yeah. 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 Like you know, hey. You know, we we were only alive because your dad did this great thing and told them the story of Fallen. That gives great context to Teen Groot, though, in uh, in Infinity War, when uh, when he's all like, you know, he's got the the uh, the attitude basically. Mm-hmm. How he's just like, and he's got the the hair, if you can call it that, like how it's it's that yeah, you know, that em- swoop. like emo Groot. He's got the emo the that emo cut, but like. If you're constantly told stories about your father and how your father sacrificed himself to save everyone and you're just not mm-hmm. living up to that expectation, like that might maybe bring about some some angst, some teen angst. Absolutely. Um yeah, I think there's uh there could definitely be feelings of abandonment there left over from those times, you know? Um or like you know, anytime someone loses a parent and never gets to meet their parent, like it's a thing. But I, I don't know. It may be different because Groot's. That sounds like that's the way they reproduce. Maybe um, his clippings are left behind, and put, but I guess maybe they can do that while they're still alive. I don't know. It's interesting. <laughs> this is twice now that you've reminded me of Doctor Who. Yeah, no, I was thinking of Doctor Who when you were talking too, <laughs> and you were talking about um, him dying but not really dying or whatever. Yeah, yeah, very like much the a, Doctor Who. Is this a Doctor Who regeneration kind of situation? Mm-hmm. According to James Gunn, it's not, but we'll see. There, uh, there is some. <laughs> I've been watching some YouTube videos lately about Groot and why he's so big. And one of the things from comics, apparently, um, Groots apparently grow based on the amount of energy around them, and so like cosmic energy and such can cause Groots to grow bigger. Oh, and, yeah, uh, that, wouldn't, that the, would mean that Adam Warlock being around is probably causing that. Right. Well, all of them, like, um, you and know, Star-Lord, Star-Lord and uh, Mantis are both half-celestial. Um, there's, like, all this energy. They've touched Infinity Stones, like... Touched by a Celestial, the new Lifetime Network TV show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. I feel like he would fit very much in a touch by the angel style thing. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, like, so apparently that, that's some theories that like, that's why Groot is grown so large in this version because he's, um, he's like been exposed to very powerful people this time around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's got to, he's got to make up for it. Right. Like he's got to, he's got to become bigger so that he can keep up with them. Otherwise, he's just a little guy getting left behind. Yeah. My theory when we saw the movie, and not based in comics knowledge, was just that, like, 
the Groot we saw in the first one was kind of like old and frail. Like this is just what Groots look like when they're in their prime. You know, like he's like oh, prime yeah. Groot. Like we've got big, prime massive Groot now. Yeah, and then as they get older, they kind of wither. They get a little like a little wirier. Wiry. <laughs> a little wiry. <laughs> yep, we're we're no longer in wiry Groot. Yeah. One day, maybe he'll return to Wildy Groot. Yeah, we're gonna go back to it, mm-hmm. and then and then I want uh, I want Vin Diesel to do like an old man Groot voice. Mm-hmm. It's like I am Groot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that Vin Diesel has that voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got the octogenarian Groot. <laughs> Octogrootarian? No. Mm. It was it was a valiant effort. <laughs> Dylan Fresina, another patron, <laughs> says, Hey guys, wanted to see what you think about this. The MCU has been known to take liberties and creative freedom to tweak storylines and characters from the comics. Uh, it makes for great unpredictable storytelling so that even if you have read the comics, the movies aren't completely spoiled for you. All that said, with the unfortunate drama surrounding Jonathan Majors, and because we don't know whether the High Evolutionary is actually dead, what if they make it so that he actually is Kang, or a Kang variant, and maybe they move forward with him? He's definitely a very watchable villain, and regardless, I would love to see him return in one capacity or another. Yeah, I've heard this uh, theory going around that maybe, just like in comics, apparently there's a number of characters like Amortis and whatever that were introduced as different characters and then later sort of retconned to be Kangs. Yeah, they just kind of ended up becoming like, oh, that was just another Kang. Yeah, that other guy you faced a while back, that was just a Kang. You just didn't know it at the time. Yeah, and- everybody's actually Kang. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're Kang. <laughs> you just don't know it yet. <laughs> it's like a being John Malkovich situation uh, <laughs> where everyone's Kang. Yep, yep. Um. Yeah. I uh I don't know. Uh I don't know if I like the idea of the high evolutionary being a Kang. Having a different actor be Kang fits with the way that they introduced the multiverse and Peter Parker's in mm-hmm. No Way Home. Except unfortunately, they've already shown us a huge swath of Kangs in the council in that arena that yeah. all looked like Jonathan Majors with varying amounts of makeup and CG. That was just one of the arenas, though. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's so many arenas. We mm-hmm. talked about this before, how it's like, that's just like a section of the web. Like, we, yeah, we just go exactly. to a different section of the web, and that's where somebody yeah. else plays Kang. Yeah, in all these offshoots of Kang, he looks like Jonathan Majors, but there's just totally different branches. I want to go to the Giancarlo Esposito branch. Yeah, ooh, yeah. That could be good. I, I love Giancarlo Esposito, but he is like... He's a little used in a lot of properties right now. I'd yeah, love to yeah, see. Yeah. I just, I just love to see some, uh, some new blood. I guess I really like. I just like Jonathan Majors so much. I just hate that uh, this has to be the case that all this, all this happened. You remember Killmonger? Actually, mm-hmm. Kang. Kang. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Like that would cheapen Killmonger a lot as a as a character. But man, if they could bring. Uh, bring him in as Kang, like, uh, bring <laughs> Michael B. Jordan in as Kang. I'd be very interested in that. Yep. Yep. That would be yep. such a good Kang. Yeah. I, I like the high evolutionary a lot. Um, but he was a very hateable villain. Um, 
Dylan said he's very watchable. I don't know that I felt like he was super watchable. He felt um, n- not in the same way. Like, I enjoyed him, but, like, just not, I don't know. Jonathan Majors just had, like, this... Th- that last episode of Loki is just such a great um, charismatic piece for Jonathan Majors. And, yeah. like, I don't know that the High Evolutionary has that or not. Or the, the actor who plays the High Evolutionary. Well, I mean, the the character that the High Evolutionary you know, embodied was not really... the the same, you know, he oh, was for sure. Yeah. He was, he was so much darker and so much like, it's almost like his humanity was just gone. Like at least mm-hmm. with Kang, there was still a bit of like, you know, he could still look inside somebody and say like, I know that this is what you want most in this world. I will give that to you if you do this thing for me. And yeah. the high evolutionary was like, not even asking nicely, he was just screaming at Rocket, like, how the hell did you figure that out? Like, how did yeah. you have a thought? Well, that's the thing. I think even even that, like, that concept that, like, Rocket was smarter than him in some ways, it makes the High Evolutionary, as a character, to me, feel small. Like, like there's sort of, like, a Napoleonic complex going on with him. Because, like... He's trying to be so big. He's trying to express that he's the most important. He's the god of this world and all this stuff. But then he lets a creature do something that, like, really burns him up inside. This creature got the best of him. Had a, like, there's something he wasn't in control of. And I feel like the Kang we met in Loki feels like a a character. and, And all the Kangs just feel like they really do have control over everything, you know? Yeah. Um, this this guy just kind of, like, thought he did, but, like, he doesn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that was... His His was the illusion of control. Exactly. And, as, like... As stated in Loki episode f- one. Fragile is what I was trying to say. That's the yeah. word I was looking for. He feels fragile. And I mean that from, like, an ego sensibility. Like, the, like his ego is fragile. Um, yeah. Rocket besting him, like, tore him up for years and years and years. Yeah, and like with Kang, even if you didn't do the thing that he wanted, like if if he had to, if his like scheming and machinations didn't work out, like he was still a badass and was like, fine, you know, it was that like, fine, I'll do it myself kind of situation Mm -hmm. where like, I guess I just have to beat the shit out of you. And like, he got in there and was legit just tearing things up in, in Quantumania. Like he was, he was doing a lot of damage. Um, so like, I don't think high evolutionary really has that capacity. Yeah. It seems, it seems not to me, but I, like, and it seems like if he's a variant of Kang, he should. Waterfall angel, one of our patrons says feedback for guardians three. Since we now know Drax was carrying the high evolutionary off the ship. I have a new headcanon to help me accept the following line that I felt a little off about. I'm not positive on the exact wording. Uh, person on nowhere says, I thought we were limiting ourselves to the higher life forms. Quill says, so did I. My headcanon is, it's a jab at the high evolutionary. Feel free to stop Mm. here to keep it short and sweet or read on for more discussion on this line. They likely believe, yeah, no, if it's on the page, I'm reading it. (laughs) (laughs) They likely believe that uh, they were only taking the higher life forms because of a previous line by Rocket. Nebs and me will pilot the ship. You go and save all the higher life forms. Few things this could mean. One, he knows nowhere has limited resources, especially after the resnapping, and couldn't support all the animals. 
Two, his traumatic past kept him from even thinking about the possibility there would be animals on the ship. And three, Rocket thinks the animals are higher life forms, which compared to single-celled organisms they are, so he wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> I, uh, I, I like the idea that it's a slam at the High Evolutionary, but I think the idea was they were talking about the higher life forms uh, and then Rocket changed his mind. You know, he's like, yeah. save everyone. Right, he's changed his mind because he realized partially he wasn't uh, a higher life form, as he called it, um, until all these experiments. I think it was a, I think it was a snowball effect because you know he he said get all the higher life forms off because you know we were just thinking at first the kids, you know the the humanoid children who Drax yeah. was able to talk to. Um, but then he went and saw where all the raccoons were, and he's like, well, these are just like me. I'm, you know, I'm them, basically. I'm seeing myself. Let me scoop all of them up. And he's holding all the, all the baby raccoons. But then he stops and looks around and sees all of the other creatures. And because he had three friends who were not raccoons, who all got murdered, but all were still, you know, higher life forms, he, he can't just let all of these creatures who have that potential and who, yeah. who, absolutely have that thought just sit here and die like he Mm -hmm. he just can't let that happen yeah well and he just i think too part of the high evolutionary was able to do those horrible things to those creatures because he saw them as lesser beings yeah and rocket in that moment i think realizes like if i let these creatures die i'm making that same calculus you know like i'm also treating these beings as lower life forms that i can do whatever i want with instead of treating their lives as valuable um and i think that's a really really powerful message and a thing to like look inside yourself and see and uh basically we we all need to be vegetarians now yeah uh sorry jeff (laughs) It's the way the way the logic went. You got to do oh, it. No, but but Matt Bacon, <laughs> but Matt Bacon, but Matt, Matt Bacon. I don't like Bacon. that. Matt Bacon, <laughs> <laughs> great hero, Matt Bacon. That's son of Kevin. <laughs> I was thinking Matt Damon, but Matt. Bacon. <laughs> I was thinking and- like bacon made from a mat. That's what I yeah. thought you were. That's what I was joking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> gross. <laughs> it's all gross. Oh man, Matt Bacon is the the star of the new uh, animal or the that was it the Zootopia version of uh, Jason Bourne. <laughs> it's good. It's good. All right, uh, let's see. Russell Brill, another patron, says, Tony and Steve are polar opposites. Self-centered versus selfless. Change versus consistency. Prevention versus cure. Republican versus Democrat. It's the fact that they are still unified in the end that makes my heart melt. Hmm. That's great. That's a a, a real touching sentiment. You hear that, everybody? We all need to come together. We were talking about, uh, I think he's responding to, uh, me and Jay Scotty did an episode a few weeks ago of, uh, oh, why I love the MCU episode. Uh, and Jay Scotty was here to tell us why he loves the MCU. And it was just like, uh, we, we talked a lot about the, the dichotomy of Steve and, uh, and Tony and how like, they're never really together, but they're always, they're always like working together 
but they're like kind of always at odds, you know, and in, in every movie there's like a, they're, they're at, they're at each other's heads, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're, mm-hmm. they're butting heads. And then yeah. right there in the middle to, to push them apart and knock some sense into some heads is Thor. With the yeah. Hammer. Just put, got to put that hammer down. I love how like, Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor are like you know the holy trinity of, uh, of of the um, the MCU, kind of like you know the whole like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman uh, mm-hmm. thing for DC. But like when it really comes down to it, like the the best movies are the ones that are like you know Cap and, and Tony are are butting heads. But where's Thor? I don't know. He's fucking off doing something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, He's just off exploring somewhere else because he has better shit to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he can't always be troubled to mind the issues of a small earthlings. Yeah. Midgardians. You people are so tiny. <laughs> or no, petty. That's what he said. You people are so petty. And <laughs> tiny. Let's see. Our next piece of feedback comes from TK saying, hello, Matt and Ashley. Possibly Jeff. What do you mean, possibly? Yeah, who would think you'd ever be out? Yeah, who would think I wouldn't be here? Uh, Me, probably. Anyway, uh, TK (laughs) says, I wanted to write in about something I noticed during the second after-credit scene of Peter having cereal with his grandfather. (laughs) Sorry, I'm laughing at the the fact that the sound kept going once the scream went black. You could just hear him eating the cereal still. Oh, yeah. So silly. That's great. Did either of you happen to see or recognize the t-shirt that Peter is wearing in this scene? It says Freakies and has a picture of the Freakies characters in front of a large tree. Now for some background. Freakies was a serial back in the early 70s. I'm old, lol. Uh, they, uh, they had TV commercials where the Freakies would sing about loving the serial and living with and in a tree. The song went, We're the Freakies, we're the Freakies, and this is our Freaky Tree. We never miss a meal because we love our cereal. I find this interesting for a couple of reasons. First, I used to eat that cereal and had several of the figures, which came in the boxes. Second, I find it interesting that Peter is still wearing clothes from before he was taken. And third, Peter is literally representing his former family with that shirt. It's a group Mm -hmm. of freaks who live with a tree. Not sure if this Mm. was a James Gunn thing or maybe just an awesome costume designer choice. Uh, who made you know this seventies kid, this seventies kid's day with a very obscure reference? Thanks for all the marvelous content, TK and PA. TK, thank you. I had did not catch that reference uh, because I think you may just be a couple years beyond me. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. Just the idea of where the freakies, where the freakies is like a very. James Gunn, Guardians of the Galaxy idea, I feel like. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then on top of that, uh, it's, um, you know, it, it, the fact that they live in a live in a tree or w- around a tree or whatever, that makes total sense. I love it. That's super cool. Good job, James Gunn, and good job, TK, for noting that. <laughs> Thanks, old people. <laughs> rude. Rude. That was pretty rude. I'm sorry. Our first non-patron feedback of the list, and you and you and you tell you're calling them old. (laughs) They said they were old. See, this is the treatment you get around here if you're not a patron. Patreon.com/slash MCUcast. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, patron. 
Patreon.com slash MCUcast to get treated like a nice, caring person. <laughs> That's a, we should do that from now on as a, as a further incentive. We already prioritize the feedback of the patrons, yeah. but as a further incentive, we should just insult every non-patron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The next idiot that wrote in is... <laughs> <laughs> the next idiot that wrote in... <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> mm. Looks like our next feedback. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Lyle says, "Hey pandas, I know we talked a lot about the non-death scene on screen of the High Evolutionary. I saw where a VFX artist said that Drax actually carries him off the exploding ship. I've attached what appears to be." The photo proof uh, seems like this could be a Kang option. Uh, love the show, Laters Gators, and he included a picture of um, the. Uh, you can barely see it, but it is Drax like holding butt. holding a butt over his shoulder. So yeah, uh, Drax holding a butt, and I believe James Gunn actually confirmed he that did. there is a shot that Drax is carrying the High Evolutionary off, so he is still alive and absolutely could be. I mean, even if he's um, even if that version is dead, he could still be a Kang, and that would open the door to more Kangs looking like him or whatever. Sure, sure, sure. I think the best option, I, I've said this on another episode, but I know you haven't been around as much, Um, I think the best option is they just s- introduce, like, use Loki. Okay, here it is. I've had a couple ideas for this is this is better. Kang, they start tracking down Kangs in Loki, right? Sure. And a whole thing about Kang is he uses the timeline. He like he manipulates the timeline to turn Kang, the next version of Kang, into what he needs or like what he right. thinks the next version should be. Um, that's the power of Kang, right? So, what if Kang realizes that all of his variants looking the same is a problem, <laughs> and at the end of Loki, like. We 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 kind of discover they don't all look like him, or that like th- this version is almost like a distraction. There's actually like Kangs all over the timeline, looking all kinds of ways. And then we introduce the idea of Kang in the multiverse as like this thing they could bring in all kinds of cool actors to take a take a stab at the role. But it's always sure. the same character, you know. Even in the same property, you could have the same. Uh, character be being played by multiple multiple actors in all kinds of ways with all kinds of different representation and all kinds of like cool stuff i don't know it could be really neat you thought hella was dead k blanchett actually is kang yeah 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 start pulling them all in man kang blanchett <laughs> they start going based off of the actors <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i mean we probably have to like if we're trying to discuss the different ones yeah 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 because i think that would be a blast i really do like all the kangs showing up and being different actors like you know you'd have to somehow differentiate them and know who they are of course but like i think having a bunch of different especially like if they're only stepping in for one one minute like or one at one series or one movie you could get like really prestigious actors to come in and like lend their gravitas to the kang character you know yeah yeah just like send them some money on fiverr or something yeah you know, exactly. hit them up on cameo and we'll we'll get them in an episode you know <laughs> cameo just cameo some extra kangs in the universe yeah like let's get snoop dog in there <laughs> that's the kizzle dizzle <laughs> For 
Oh man, imaginary nomad in the chat killed me with this one. <laughs> Kangin in the name of. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Oh god, that's good. I think Kate Blanchett though would be uh would have been a really solid choice for Kang. Like if they if they did a gender swap on it. I don't think there's potential there for some really cool storytelling and like you know, maybe that's the deception. Maybe right now we all see Kang as the same person because that's the only one that's been revealed. But then, like, Loki season two reveals there's a multiverse of different Kangs. And yeah, sure, Jonathan Majors might show up again in one or two, but like, he's not the thing they have to base the whole character on. Gore the Kang Butcher. <laughs> Kang the Gore Butcher? No. Christian Bale is Kang. Yeah. He could have so much fun. Let's bring RDJ back, specifically so that he could play this giant villain. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, that would be fun if one of the Kangs was RDJ. Yep. Just like came in for a minute and he's like, oh yeah, I fully uh, became this version of myself to mess with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I finally got that suit of armor around the timeline. Mm-hmm. Yep. Love it. Yep, there it is. Let's see, our next uh, feedback comes from Will Rose, uh, saying, Hey, Matt, Jeff, and Ashley. First of all, I wanted to say to Ashley, I love hearing your thoughts on MCU and the Star Wars podcast with Matt. And as a Jehovah's Witness that heard you on the Mandalorian episode four you hosted, I can say in no way was I offended. LOL. You guys actually inspired me to start my own podcast called The Blurred Channel. Secondly, cool. when you guys did the ranking of Superhero Strength, uh, and you mentioned Black Panther's number five. I believe Spider-Man in the MCU should actually be ranked here. Uh, in mm. Civil War, Spidey actually caught a car moving at full speed, something Black Panther and Captain America have not done. Their strength is supposed to be enhanced, you know, just past the peak human. Spider-Man, though, has superhuman strength. He also lifted that column of bricks in Homecoming, and in Infinity War, he dropped a car on Cold Obsidian with ease. I don't know if he's stronger than Vision, but... Based on the MCU and the comics, I believe Spider-Man is stronger than Black Panther. Can't wait till we get to start breaking down the Secret Invasion stuff in June. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, Will. Um, congrats on the new podcast. Um, can't wait to check it out. Uh, I think that's... Yeah, I can't remember if Spider-Man, I guess, wasn't on our list at all, but he definitely deserved a place there. Yeah. Like, I, I, think it, I think when I was thinking of the strongest, I'd made of just not thought of him <laughs> and i don't know why but that's a really good call i don't know you know i don't know exactly between him and black panther who would shake out but like yeah it's definitely a an omission we should we should have uh, probably at least mentioned him in the honorable mentions yeah yeah i mean what like bucky arguably is supposed to be you know also a super soldier like as strong as cap right and when uh when Spidey showed up in Civil War and like Bucky threw that punch, he caught it and then just like casually moved his arm aside and was like, You have a metal arm? That's so cool. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, he's very, very freaking strong. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, think about the things that arm can do and like Yeah. I can say with certainty that I just kind of forgot about Spider-Man existing. <laughs> well, that's 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 a good thing because that's what uh, the spell was supposed to do. Who? <laughs> <laughs> still my favorite moment. That's still my favorite moment from all of the draft 
uh, episodes we've done. Or the oh yeah, fantasy league episodes. When Sarah Day picked Peter Parker, and we all went, "Who?" <laughs> and then she realized she was like, how badly she no! messed up because there's not going to be any reference points for a character that's just been deleted from everyone's memory. Yep, yep. And so that was so oh, good. Man. It was so funny. Let's hit this last one. How about it? Last but certainly not least is Nick Liney. Uh, my bad movie experience was going to see Spider-Man No Way Home. I know some people mm. like this, but my theater was full of people who cheered and clapped at every little thing in the movie. When Daredevil made his cameo, they cheered so loud I couldn't hear what was being said. And there was about a minute of cheering and clapping when Toby and Andrew's Spider-Man both appeared. It completely ruined the experience for me and took me right out of the movie. I hated it. Keep up the great work, guys. Cheers. Whew. Nick brings up a hard dilemma. Because like that is some of the most fun, is being in a theater full of people loving the movie and cheering and having a great time like that. Yeah, that shared energy is huge. It can be so much fun, but if it's your first time seeing it, which is when it happens, it's always on opening night where that energy exists, Yep. but then also, that's like a terrible way to see a movie that you really want to hear every word of, which is also (laughs) an opening night experience. So yeah, sorry, Nick, that sounds sounds rough and fun. Like, I can't be mad at a crowd for being excited, but like, I definitely understand. Man, oh, oh man. I got frustrated this week. My bad oh, yeah? movie watching experience. We were talking about bad movie watching experiences on a previous episode, and said so, uh, send send yours in. My mine mine was this weekend. Oh yeah. I tried to watch uh, Batman 1989 uh, for Avengers Assemble, and I try. I infor- unfortunately tried to watch it with like my family, <laughs> my mom and my niece. But you know, I needed to watch it and take notes on it and like catch interesting dialogue and like pay attention to characters like i was really trying to watch it intentionally and like i was folding laundry or something because my mom got sick this weekend and i had to go help her out and uh her and my niece and watch them and like every three seconds they kept talking and i kept having to rewind it and it's like an older movie so like the i guess the the file is just quieter yeah and so like i kept not here i had it full blast and my mom just being like i don't know Jack Nicholson comes on the screen and says his first line, and she just starts, oh, man, I'm not even looking at the screen, and I can tell who that is. His <laughs> voice is so signature, and I'm like, I kept telling him, like, guys, I really need to, like, watch this and not hear the words, and, like, this is, um, I need to sit and watch this movie. And uh, and and finally, I was just like, all right, we're going to watch a different movie. I'm going to watch this tomorrow morning by myself. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's turn this off, because I am just getting, I got so frustrated. Um, I think, uh, yeah. My girlfriend, uh, uh, I think it was the most frustrated she's seen me. I was like very like over something small, you know, because I was just like, sure, sure. I'm trying to work here. I'm trying to do the thing. I'm trying to be like a good podcaster and pay attention and have good thoughts and ideas about this movie. And like every three seconds, I'm having to pause and rewind it. And the Roku's acting up. It's like going slow and like yep. won't respond to the remote. And I was just like, just, and the I volume's was, super low because yeah, it's another movie. Oh, it was terrible. I was, and you know, between my mom. Uh, I don't know, just not really thinking, not really being thoughtful about there being a movie on and my niece being 12 and also for the same, you know, for that reason, not being thoughtful about a movie being on. I was like, guys, this, I gotta watch this. Can you please? <laughs> so I kept like, it, it gets so frustrated. I felt like, so, I feel like such a jerk in those moments because I understand how unreasonable I'm being. But like, yeah. my, my, it's just like, finally, I was just like, all right, make it, call an audible. We're watching a different movie. This is, this is not... I can't watch something in this room with you guys that I need to pay attention to. We're going to watch something else. 
time. That's kind of hilarious. I mean, because if you had said, like, I really need to watch this, they probably would have been like, this movie's almost as old as you. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, Why? We don't understand what you do. <laughs> you mean you don't have this whole movie memorized? Man, I, like, I love that movie. Um, and I always have. But, like, it's you been a long... What? Yeah. It's been a long freaking time since I've seen that movie. Um, and it was really fun to revisit. Yeah. The, the Keaton Batman was so great. Like, that was... Yeah. Like, Tim Burton always has a very uh, peculiar aesthetic. And, like, especially uh, m- uh, what Michelle Pfeiffer... Um, mm-hmm. I keep trying to call her Michelle Pfeiffer's uh, because of Key and Peele. <laughs> but, uh, when Michelle Pfeiffer is doing her thing, like she is so over the top and zany and crazy. Mm-hmm. And Jack Nicholson is doing the same thing, being zany and crazy. Dude, it's Jack so, Nicholson, man. Oof. It's so comic booky, but mm-hmm. like it fits and it's so good. And like Keaton is so stoic and so Dark Knight, like yeah. by comparison. I, like it's it's that perfect juxtaposition of the the crazy characters with the uh, you know the stoic hero. Yeah, between I mean just the the talent that stacks up on that movie between Keaton's Batman, Tim Burton directing, Danny Elfman's score. Yep, yep, yep. Prince, Prince making the whole thing hang together. Jack Nicholson just like chewing every scene up. It is just it's an extraordinary like time capsule of a movie that I can't almost can't believe it exists because the parts are so strange and they come together in such an awesome way. Yeah. Um, if you want to hear us talk about that fully, check it out on Bingers Assemble. I think that should be up today. The same day this drops, that should drop. So we're filling up the feed. You're welcome. Bingers Assemble is going to be real full this, this month with, uh, Batman, Indiana Jones and mission impossible. Whew. So there's like six six Indiana Jones, uh, seven Mission Impossibles, and two Batmans and a Flash. Jeez. It's going to be a lot. A lot of movie. You didn't watch all of the Arrowverse Flash in preparation? <laughs> Whoops. I didn't. You didn't watch didn't. The, the original Flash series? Nope. We did not do a rewatch of those, although I've seen most of that. I think I saw all of that Flash, and I've seen most of Grant Gustin's, but uh, I'm not. I need to. I need to finish the last couple seasons of that. I really like. I really want to, but I haven't. I still haven't. Just I. I like lost. I, I didn't lose interest, but I lost the ability to keep up when they had like five series running, and I just finally gave up. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm such a completist that. When they had five series running, and they were doing crossovers with Supergirl, which I'd only seen like two episodes of, but I didn't want to like stop watching The Flash to go like watch three seasons of Supergirl to catch up and understand what was going on. So I just like stopped watching all of it. It's like <laughs> I give up. I wash my hands of you, CWDC. <laughs> I can't do all of it, so I'm not doing any of it. Yeah, I'm just- honestly, I think that's a thing. Like, I really think that's a. There's like this nerd rage quit that happens where you're like, I can't. I can't keep up with this thing to the point that I want to. So I'm just going to stop. I- I've done that with podcasts. I'm actually cognizant of that with this podcast because sometimes I I worry that if we fill the feed too full, some people ask us like, why don't you put out episodes every day? Like for me, podcasts that put out every day, I never listen to because I feel yeah. like I can't watch, listen to all of them. So I don't listen to any of them. 
Um, that might be me. That might just be my broken self. I mean, I do the same thing with uh, with Critical Role. Like, I am so mm. far behind on Critical yeah. Role. Like, I haven't finished the second campaign. I didn't even finish the first campaign, if I'm being honest. Like, right. I, it, it And, like, it. there's so much content to catch up on, because each episode is, like, four hours long, four and five hours mm-hmm. long. And I've still got, like, 40, I think 40 episodes left. Or no, something like 20 to 30 episodes left in campaign two. I love that story. I love that story so much. I love those voice actors so much. Like Mm -hmm. I love everything that they're doing. It's just like, it is so daunting to try to catch up with that, that it's like, I don't have time for that. That's, that's literally all I'm watching in order to try to catch up at at any point in time. That's reasonable. Cause like, Mm -hmm. otherwise I'm, you know, I'm always and forever behind. So it's like, ah, why even try? (laughs) <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely man um well i uh, uh let us know like i really i'm really curious how other people feel about that like are you a person that like uh can't if you if you get if you can't complete it will you just give up or are you a person out there who like will like spottily watch or like listen to a podcast because i really do like i i like look at a podcast and it's like man there's 10 episodes i haven't listened to and I'll just like never check in again. Like it's like I, my brain goes, "There's too much to do." It's it's that ADHD thing of feeling f- that flooded where I'm like, "Oh nope, there's too many things. I'm giving up on it." Um, <laughs> I, I wonder if that's I wonder if that's just me because like like a podcast like ours, yes, there are inside jokes that cross the different episodes and like things that you won't get as much if you skip an episode. But like it's not essential you listen to every episode to get, to understand what's going on. You know, it's not like we're a narrative show. The narrative of Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Whether or not Jeff returns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's back today, baby. He's back today. And we'll be back next week. Um, and uh, yeah, yes, check out the Twitch. Um, we might start streaming to YouTube as well, because we're trying to grow our numbers there as well. Um, and we're going to be talking about uh, MCU every t- Wednesday at 7.30, right here. And we're also going to go live uh, on Tuesdays with Multiverse News. So there's a lot of, a lot of Stranded Panda live stuff coming. Um, we've had a lot of people ask us for it, so we're trying to get it get it going again. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff, you got anything to tell the people? Um, stay tuned. Because uh, I'm going to be recording a lot more often here. Heck yeah, man. I love to hear it. Um, yeah. So in, indeed. Stay tuned. That's T-O-O-N-E-D. Uh, no, that, sorry, that's Jay Scotty's sign-off on Animation Deliberation. Uh, peace. Until next time, true believers. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. And a special thanks to all of our subscribers at patreon.com slash mcucast. You make this show possible. And a huge shout-out to both. That's right, there's two of them now. Illuminati-tier patrons, Walter Kreisky III and Lieutenant Bongo. Thank you, guys. If you want to find all of our fine Stranded Panda podcasts, go to strandedpanda.com. And for a video version, check out youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you want to take part in our live streams, go to twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv. 